Thanks so much for joining us and for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. Our hope as you listen in is that you might encounter Jesus, hear and receive his love, and be encouraged and empowered by his spirit to be and bring life and love to one another and to the other in your world. If you would like to get in touch with us or keep up to date with what's happening in and through the life of Steeple Church, please jump on to our website at steeplechurch.com.au or follow us on the socials via Facebook or Instagram at steeple.church. We're looking forward to meeting you one day soon, but in the meantime, enjoy the message. Bless you, fam. love is that this community continues to surprise me. Um, that, was a be- that was a beautiful uh, reframing of that, of that um, scripture. Thanks, Yi Chen. I really appreciate it. You know, for me, um, again, coming into environments like, like church, I, I sort of have to pinch myself sometimes because it is quite amazing that I'm pastoring a church. I think um, over the last little while, um, one of the things that I've become more aware of is that this church actually carries with it a lot of trauma. Um, We've been given some, I've just gone there straight away. Um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> gee, I surprise myself sometimes. Um, <laughs> we, we do, um, and I feel, I really just wanted to name that this morning, um, and part of the commitment that I really want to make to this community is that we are, um, we're going to work through some of that as a community. We're going to provide um, space, we're going, to, we're going to provide ways in which we can actually walk through that trauma um, that not only we as individuals have experienced, but um, you know, and getting some of the stories and the feedback and the responses from people um, about their experience at Steeple Church, it has been beautiful, it has been humbling, um, but there is a theme. And the theme is, is that we are a church that has um, a lot of trauma represented in this community of people. And, um, and I just first of all want to just say thank you so much for trusting me and trusting us and one another in this space with, with your story uh, and your trauma. Um, it has also been a safe space for me. Um, I come also with pain. Um, I come with my own trauma. And, and I think it's really important that we name that. When we get around things like offering, I don't know what you, again, that's just one of those ex- experiences that I have because of my, uh, my story. Whenever it's brought up, I'm like, here we go, what's going to be said? Um, I'm not alone in that. I know that I'm not alone in that. Uh, when we talk about things like the Holy Spirit, which we're in a series on the Holy Spirit, it's another one of those things where I go, oh, what are we going to talk about? Um, am I alone in that? Or is, is anyone else like whenever, we, whenever the Holy Spirit is talked about or, uh, you know, I sort of tend to tighten up. Now, I know it's not everyone's experience, right? It's not everyone's experience. It's mine. And so when I come into, um, uh, when I come into a moment like this where I've got a responsibility to talk about the Holy Spirit, to t- when we talk about giving and offering what that looks like, you know, I'm really aware, um, especially in this environment, that uh, we all have little triggers and there are things that maybe set you off. Um, you know, uh, a friend of mine, Greg, who's spoken here before, um, he gave me this beautiful analogy around trauma. Um, and he said, you know, most of us think the trauma is like a car accident, you know, where it kind of the trauma happens and then you begin the work of cleaning that up. Um, but trauma is more like a train wreck. Have you ever thought about it that way before? Where, uh, you know, the engine hits and then you don't know how many carriages are connected to that engine and you don't know when the next one's going to hit. And so I'm kind of aware of that coming into this space and especially around the Holy Spirit. You know, I, I became aware last week as Naomi was sharing um, that uh, 
that I have certain triggers when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Now, I feel like I was always aware of that, um, but I kind of want to tackle that this morning because, uh, and so I don't want to actually really teach or preach this morning, but as I was sort of thinking about what I would share um, and how we might share this morning, um, I want to create space for us this morning, maybe to just talk about um, some of the things that we've experienced, specifically around the Holy Spirit. We'll get into other, <laughs> other issues later on down the track. Um, but, you know, Scripture talks about the power of gathering, the, ca- the power of getting together and talking, um, the power of um, centering ourselves around the person and the practice of Jesus. In Matthew 18, we love this scripture, we pull it out uh, all the time, for where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Notice it doesn't say when two or three get together and hype themselves, hype, hype each other up and sing great worship songs. That's when two or three gather, whatever that looks like. Uh, And this morning, as we gather together and as we talk about our experiences with the Holy Spirit, as you feel comfortable, um, you know, maybe we'll start to experience a little bit of that, the power of God's presence amongst us. So as I was reflecting again, I was reading some of these these great scriptures that we love to pull out of the Word. Psalm 34 verse 8 is one that I've been meditating on this week. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, the joys of those who take refuge in him. I love the idea that's presented in that scripture. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says this, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. I love that idea. I wonder if you, when we talk about the Holy Spirit, feel that, experience that as your reality. Romans 8, verse 15 says this, You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and of self-discipline. So I've been reflecting on these scriptures. And I've also been reflecting on the opening of Galatians 5 after Naomi's brilliant sermon last week. Um, but I have not been able to get the first verse of Galatians 5. We always, when we talk about the Spirit, we go to Galatians 5, we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, and it sounds fantastic. Or if you're in the kind of church uh, that loves to kind of manipulate and maneuver and oppress people, you might focus on all of the bad things um, in Galatians 5. Um, But Galatians 5 verse 1 is where I've been stuck over the last week. It says this, Christ has set us free to live a free life. I love that idea. But then the follow-up says, So take your stand. Never again let anyone put a harness of slavery on you. That kind of caught my attention and I looked into the context as any good preacher will do um, or teacher will do around Galatians. And Galatians was written by Paul to Christians in Galatia, um, a Roman province that is now modern day Turkey. It was written around 48 to 50. Uh, AD 48 to 53, less than 23 years after Jesus' death. So they're, like in terms of proximity to Jesus walking the planet, these people, some of these people may um, have known Jesus. Uh, Paul is writing this letter because he's become aware that there are teachers and teachings that have infiltrated the community of God. Teachings that are pressuring, manipulating, and insisting that in order to, uh, for the Gentile believers to remain in, the kingdom, they must revert to keeping all of the ritual and oppressive laws of the Jews. In Paul's mind, this kind of teaching and these kinds of teachers are contrary to the good news of Jesus. Galatians is Paul's effort to rescue the Galatian believers from swallowing any kind of oppressive, manipulating, manipulative or controlling teaching, idea or practice that undermines and detracts from the simple and beautiful and liberating 
message of the gospel, the person of Jesus. Can I grab a glass of water? I'm really, thank you. Galatians is an encouragement to the believers to get back to the basics, to get back to life with God. I can't speak for you, but I know that I want to live in and experience the freedom that the presence of the Holy Spirit, according to God's word, promises to deliver. I want to experience that. I don't want just to, just to talk about it. Am I alone in that? You know, I want to experience God the way that Psalm 34 invites us to, to taste and see that the Lord is good. I want to take refuge in him. I desire to feel safe and secure in his presence. Thank you. Appreciate it. Still a bit nervous. I want to trust the Holy Spirit with my entire life and my, my entire being. Am I alone? Anyone else want to be able to do that? I believe that so many of our community, our people are here because they desire that. They want that to be their reality, their truth, their experience. And I realized, you know, if I can be vulnerable with you, I realized, I mean, I think of a way I've known for a while, but I've, I've probably kind of owned it a little bit more in the last little while that I have, I have personally not felt safe or free or fearless in a space like this for quite some time. Not, not this specific space, I'm talking about church at large. That's been my experience. And I actually, you know, when you think about it, it's not surprising that uh, you all are here. It's kind of like attracts like, right? Like we all have these stories, or most, a lot of us in the room have similar stories where they have not felt safe in a church environment. And I just want to acknowledge again, I know it's a heavy one. The reason why I'm preaching or, or sharing about this is because I want us to move through it. Well, that's my desire. I, want, I think we need to name it. And can I, just, can I just acknowledge the bravery, and those, there might be people watching online, but the bravery and the courage that it has taken you to walk into this space needs to be acknowledged. Thank you again for trusting myself, for uh, being obedient to the Spirit and walking into this space and making yourself vulnerable and, and taking the risk to actually trust a community um, that claims to be God's people. I felt that too. And I realized last week that I've been uh, maybe drinking too much from uh, the wrong well and that my past hurts, my past negative and toxic experience and my past trauma within a Pentecostal environment had begun to take me captive. You see, I think it's important that we acknowledge trauma, but I also think it's important that we, that we acknowledge that trauma should not be the hero of our story. Amen? So our trauma, our suffering, our pain, it might get a line in our story, it might even get a paragraph, it might get a chapter or two, but our trauma and our past pain um, and our suffering should not be the hero of our story. Amen? I feel like if we continue to make that the hero, if I, let me, let me make it personal, if I continue to make that the hero of my story, then I'm going to become a manifestation of that old saying, you know, hurt people hurt people. We need to be a church that is committed to naming, acknowledging, owning, exploring, processing, but ultimately walking through and, uh, and carrying that trauma in a healthier way. Amen? That's, this is me speaking from my own experience. But I, I kind of was thinking about Galatians 5 and I thought, wow, you know, if I continue on this pathway, then my trauma is going to be the thing that actually becomes the hero of my story. I had this little revelation last week that I'd been slipping this little harness over my spirit 
around my trauma. And, in, and, it was, and it's a good thing. Like, you, your body actually does that on purpose. It's trying to protect yourself from, from future harm. And I realized that I was kind of do, doing that. It's, it's, it's a noble attempt, um, but I actually think that it had begun to close me down. And in trying to keep me from harm, it had begun to keep me from experiencing all of the goodness that the Holy Spirit is wanting to invite me into. So last week, Naomi shared just a beautiful, I thought it was just beautiful. Uh, and for me, the, the Holy Spirit really used that. And I asked her to pray for me last week, and the prayer was simple. I pray that I would not only know God, but that I would experience God as good. I want to experience His Holy Spirit as good, like the Scripture talks about Him. Um, but I realized that I'd kind of been entering into a state of, of bondage, of slavery. Simply put, bondage is a state of being bound, usually by compulsion um, or a law of mastery such as captivity, servitude, or subjugation to a controlling person or force. I don't want that to be my story or our story moving forward. It's okay. You're with me still? Okay, good. In Bradley Jerzak's book, we've been reading this as a, as a, a couple of guys have been reading this book by uh, a theologian named Bradley Jerzak. It's called A More Christ-Like God, A More Beautiful Gospel. And in this book, in the chapter we just read this week, it says this, people instinctively push their highest expectation, expe expectations and deepest disappointments onto God, especially when our hearts are somehow afflicted or infected with sorrow. These projections form a broken image of God. I don't want to diminish your trauma, your experience, your pain, your suffering. I don't want to diminish that at all. Um, but what I do want to do is amplify the Lord. Most of us carry a bad, this is Bradley Jozak still, most of us carry a bad taste in our mouth, some old hurt or trauma that has misinformed our image of God. It's high time we cleansed our palates of that bitterness. I believe God's healing grace and Jesus' gospel truth can wash out the sour and prepare us for the sweet to where his word becomes like honey on our lips and we'll taste and see that God and his spirit really is good. That's my desire, that's my hope for me personally, but also for us as a community. He then goes on to ask, in practice, what will this look like? It's a great question. Well, we need to start by identifying and tracing some of our putrid pictures of God. Maybe, and this morning, I want to kind of talk about how our images of the Holy Spirit um, have maybe been misaligned. Then we'll displace these images by saturating ourselves in a prayerful experience of the Christ story. Can I also say that like just because we say, uh, and I loved your message this morning, uh, Joseph, around communion, you know, it's, uh, we often come to these spaces in church land and we say, hey, just give all of your cares, all of your pain, uh, give it all to Jesus. Um, and it's, a, it's true, it's beautiful, um, but can I encourage you, there are ways to do that practically, and that might actually mean getting counselling, that might actually mean getting help, um, I believe prayer is powerful. I also think prayer connected with counseling, connected with support, connected with therapy is even more powerful. Amen? So can I encourage you, I'm not gonna give you just like, hey, just come up the front, we'll pray for you and you might walk out the door healed. Now that might also happen, but I'm saying whatever you need to do to engage um, with the Christ story, do it. So a couple of my uh, stories around the Holy Spirit. I became a Christian when I was 21 years old. Three months later, I was enrolled at Bible college. I was a part of a Pentecostal church, so the obvious kind of Bible college to go to was a Pentecostal Bible college. And I remember, you know, I'm a brand new baby Christian, probably shouldn't have enrolled at Bible college, but I did. And my very first class was a class called pneumatology. I had no idea what that meant, but I'm like, I'm there for it. 
And I remember rocking up. So pneumatology, for those like me in the room who have no idea what that is, it's the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and so I, <laughs> I rock up to class, and that's my first class. I'm already nervous, and I walk into the room, and I was at a good Pentecostal Bible college, and the lecturer, the first thing the lecturer does, say, he says, all right, everyone, get up and let's all speak in tongues. And I'm like, what is that? I'd never heard it before. And so all of a sudden, everyone is like speaking crazy kind of languages. And I'm just sort of sitting in the back of the room going, oh, this is wacky. Like, what have I signed up to? Now, I'm, I'm a baby Christian. I'm open. I'm like, this is cool. This is I'm like, whatever. I'm here for it. But let me tell you, no one explained what was happening. It was basically, let's all speak in tongues. And then we sat down and it was like, it was so abrupt, you know. That created some trauma. It doesn't have to be like big, dramatic events, but that for me was like, it was whiplash. What just happened? No one explained what was happening in that moment. Uh, I remember going to a Bible college camp, and uh, it was my first experience of, of a camp in Christian circles, and they had a speaker there, and all of a sudden, everyone around me is, is like literally on the floor, slain in the spirit, no idea what that meant. People were barking like dogs and clucking like chickens and making some really interesting sounds. And I'm thinking, what have I walked into? That created some trauma around the Holy Spirit. You might have similar stories. You might have wackier stories. Uh, I also have great stories about the Holy Spirit. The day that I became a Christian, the night, I still vividly remember being in a room surrounded by women because, yeah, I've told this story before. I got saved at a women's conference. It was great. I'm sitting in a room and everyone's crying and, and I'm thinking, I mean, that's got its own trauma, but, <laughs> um, but I'm, sitting in this, I'm sitting in this room and I remember just this back and forth conversation that I had, which in hindsight, I believe was the Holy Spirit. For hours, I'm having this back and forth conversation and I'm listing off all of the horrible things that I had done with my life up to that point. Um, I'm reeling it off and every single time I would give some reason why I, like, why would Jesus love me? Why would you be interested in someone like me? Because I've done this. The Holy Spirit just continued to respond consistently. I mean, he was relentless in this conversation. It went on for hours. I would reel off all of these things, and his response was simply, I love you. I love you. I love you. Now, that for me was a beautiful, liberating experience with the Holy Spirit. But what I've realized in my own story is that the, the negative experiences, the traumatic experiences around people who were operating, maybe, maybe not in the Holy Spirit, had become the loudest, most dominating voice, the most uh, influential story when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Um, and so the challenge for me is to reflect on the stories where the Holy Spirit has been present and more aligned to the way that I read about him in Scripture. A beautiful, good, gentle, kind, joy-filled, peace-filled kind of Holy Spirit that we talk about in the Galatians 5 unpacks. One of my, you know, those, those stories align more with the God that I read about. I'm more congruent with the Word and what the Word says about the Holy Spirit. I love that. You know, for a lot of us, especially in uh, movements that aren't Pentecostal, we love talking about God the Father. We have no issue. I mean, Naomi mentioned this last week. We love talking about God the Father. We can talk about God all day. We can talk about Jesus all day. Um, we don't have the same kind of physical response uh, when it comes to God or Jesus. Uh, 
I don't have the same emotional or physical response when people talk about God and about Jesus like I do when people talk about the Holy Spirit. It was my wife who brought this to my attention. When we said we were going to do a Holy Spirit series, I started making fun of Pentecostals. I have to confess and I have repented of that <laughs> because Jane actually is a proud Pentecostal woman. You hear Jane pray and it is, it is Pentecostal and I love that. Jane does not have the same experiences that I have when it comes to the Holy Spirit. But she actually said that I need to stop making fun of Pentecostal people. And she is right. I am sorry. <laughs> but the reality is it comes from my own experience, right? It comes from my own experience. It doesn't make it right. So that's my residue. I have lots of other residue. And I know as a church, maybe you, for you, it's not the Holy Spirit. Maybe for you, it's giving. You know, whenever somebody gets up to do an offering message, you immediately tighten up. Well, name it, process it, talk to some people, get some help around it, whatever it is, no matter how small or big you feel like your trauma or your experience might be, can I encourage you, get some help. Amen? So, but let's talk about specifically about the Holy Spirit this morning. I'm actually going to do, uh, I'm going to encourage you to get in groups all the introverts in the room go, great, <laughs> have to talk to people. You don't have to talk, by the way. If you just want to listen, that's fine. If you don't want to share within that group, that's fine. So, but I am going to encourage us to get into groups of maybe, I don't know, let's say four, groups of four. Sounds like a good number. Get into groups of four. We're going to ask some questions. I actually want us to practice listening to one another's stories. Um, you might want to share. If you feel comfortable, you might want to share some of your own stories around the Holy Spirit that aren't so great. Um, you also might want to share some stories that are fantastic. I've got some questions on a slide that we might want to pop up here um, because I think it's important that we acknowledge that our broken images of the Holy Spirit or of God are often inferred from real life experiences. So one of the questions that I want us to talk about this morning, if you feel comfortable, is what experience has, have informed or misinformed your image of the Holy Spirit? Is the Holy Spirit someone you run from in fear or run to for refuge? Does the Holy Spirit inspire joy or resistance? What is your most dominant image of the Holy Spirit? You don't have to cover all these questions. No one's marking you. You might sit in one of these questions. Um, what is your most dominant image of the Holy Spirit? Is it congruent? Is it aligned with what you have read or encountered in Scripture in your, in your life or within the church? And I really think it's important we finish with maybe a positive experience. Um, can you share a positive experience that does align with Scripture? and what you'll know of the Jesus story or the gospel. Um, so let's take a few minutes, and what I want you to do is really listen to other people who are sharing their story, because I would love, again, if you feel comfortable and if you have permission, I would actually like us to take some time to maybe share some of those stories with the, with the rest of the group. If we feel fine about it, if we feel safe, we don't have to do anything we don't want to do. Um, that is totally fine. Are we okay to take a couple minutes? Is everyone nervous? Excellent. Some of you are like, this is a trigger. Um, uh, that is also okay too. You can, you, can, you can leave the room. You have permission. Um, or you can stay and sit in the court, whatever you want to do. Can we um, play some tunes? Let's get into groups of four and let's have a conversation. If you end up talking about we're going to have for lunch, that's fine too. Let's just talk. I want a vibrant, alive relationship with Jesus. And uh, Scripture makes it really clear to me at least that it requires the Holy Spirit. And so I don't want to be, I guess this is my prayer, I don't want to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to be hesitant, but I actually want to know Him, really know Him, and experience Him the way that Scripture talks about. 
And so I think it's important. What we've done today is just the start of a conversation. Um, but I really pray, especially as we engage, you know, next, next month we're going to get into a, a series around worship. And Emmanuel's going to preach next week and share, which I'm really excited about. Um, but we are going to, my prayer around that is that we actually begin to experience the Holy Spirit in a healthy way. I want this community, not just me, but to not be afraid to engage and talk about these things. So let me, let me read these scriptures as if they were prayers over our community. Um, My prayer for this community is that we would acknowledge that the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation from bondage, true freedom. Lord, I pray that over this community, that would be a community that knows your spirit, that when people walk through these doors, when when they walk into a relationship with somebody from Steeple Church, they would know freedom because where this church is, the spirit is and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Romans 15 says this, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, help us to be a community that trusts you again. Ephesians 3 says this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources that he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Father, these scriptures, the truth, and the truth that is in them is beyond our capacity in the natural, but God, by your spirit, this can be our reality. And so I pray that this would be our experience. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There's one last thing that I want to do. We're going to play a song, if you guys are ready for it. Um, I feel it's important. Again, might be ministering to a small group of people in the room, but I think it's important. There's this song that I love. It's a worship song. Uh, And it's called, God is Not Abusive. Have you ever heard that sung in other churches? I think it's important that we remind ourselves this morning, even for me, but there might be people in this room who might need to hear this and be reminded that God is not abusive. He takes no pleasure in your pain. He takes no pleasure in your trauma. He takes no pleasure in your suffering, but he is with you in the midst of it all. And that might be a reminder for us this morning, might be a reminder for you. Um, Wasn't sure whether I was going to play it, but I actually think there's some people in the room who might actually uh, really be blessed by it um, and it might minister to you. So we'll play that um, and then we'll hang out and talk some more. Let's do that some more. I actually, I love you church. Stay in this space if you need to. If you would like prayer, I'm here. If you would like help finding someone to talk to, if this has brought anything up for you, then we are happy to, to help with that too. I love you so much church. Thanks for hanging out today. Thanks again for tuning in to the Steeple Church podcast. We hope you were encouraged as you listened in. As I said at the top of the podcast, we loved having and hosting you in this way, but we'd love to hear from you and pray for you. So please drop us a line via our website or better yet, if you're local to Melbourne, drop in on one of our Sunday gatherings, 10 a.m. every Sunday in the hall of St. Barnabas Anglican Church at 86 Bourne Road, Bourne. Peace and love, friends. Have a great week.